The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Wednesday, August 24th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news. Made possible when you buy earbuds and headphones using the code BBNC at tweakedaudio.com. Wildfires in seven western states, floods in Louisiana, disease-carrying mosquitoes in Florida, and now earthquakes in Italy and Myanmar, or as we call it, Wednesday. At least 40 people are now dead after a 6.2 quake in central Italy that was felt 100 miles away in Rome. At least one town of about 2,000 people has been completely destroyed. A 6.8 quake, meanwhile, has struck in Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, a country tucked between Bangladesh and Thailand. That quake was felt as far away as Bangkok. And the number of mosquito-borne Zika cases in Florida has risen to more than 40, with at least five new cases, including one nowhere near Miami's Zika zones, about 300 miles away in Pinellas County, close to Tampa. Donald Trump says President Obama waited too late to go to Louisiana to see the flood damage. The governor of that state takes issue, saying he told the White House he'd rather not divert police from their work of evacuating homes and searching for victims to provide security for the president. Hillary Clinton says she would wait until the recovery efforts were complete. Donald Trump and running mate Mike Pence were there last Friday, while the president remained on vacation at Martha's Vineyard. The president and his family cut that vacation short to return to Washington, whereupon the president flew to Baton Rouge. There, Mr. Obama said his administration's been working for nearly two weeks to help flood victims and that he's especially proud of FEMA. Louisiana's governor, a fellow Democrat, confirms that. The Associated Press says it's found that more than half the people outside the U.S. government who got an audience with then-Secretary of State Clinton gave money to her husband's worldwide charity, the Clinton Foundation. Those donations total over $150 million. In one email from a foundation lawyer to a Clinton aide, the lawyer asks if Mrs. Clinton could meet with the Prince of Bahrain, describing the Prince as, quote, a good friend of ours. The Prince got his meeting. It doesn't appear that any laws or agreements were broken, but the numbers suggest that a donation to the foundation may have been, much of the time, what it took to get FaceTime with Madam Secretary. AP says it didn't count the foreign dignitaries who made donations if Clinton would be meeting them anyway in the course of her work. But Republicans are accusing Clinton of selling influence while Secretary of State, and they've thrown up red flags about what might happen with Hillary Clinton in the White House, where she'll be making decisions that will affect some 6,000 people who've donated to the Clinton Foundation. The Associated Press compared Clinton's State Department calendar to information it found in the 30,000 private emails released so far. This week, we learned another 15,000 emails have been discovered, and they're scheduled for release three weeks before the election. Donald Trump is now calling for a special prosecutor to investigate the ties between Clinton's State Department and the Clinton Foundation. Trump says the Justice Department cannot be trusted to investigate since it decided not to prosecute Clinton for her use of private emails in her work. Trump says this Justice Department is instead a political arm of the Obama administration. The Clinton Foundation is one of hundreds of charities that work with the State Department. The Clinton campaign says the Associated Press arithmetic is flawed because the data it used is incomplete. While the latest UPI Daily Poll has Clinton and Trump virtually tied nationwide, 
she has widened her lead substantially in one key battleground state, Pennsylvania. There, three polls show her in the lead, one by 19% in a two-way race against Trump. In that same poll, Clinton's lead is 16 points in a four-way race against Trump, Libertarian Gary Johnson, and Green Party candidate Jill Stein. In that poll, Johnson gets 9%, Stein 3 Trump has less than 80% of the Republican vote, and many who vote for him say it's more a vote against Clinton. A Quinnipiac poll puts Clinton's lead at 12%. The Washington Post puts it at 8%. Yet another poll puts her lead at nearly 13% and says it's gotten the same reading now five polls in a row. Clinton has a similar lead in the battleground state of Virginia. Her margins are smaller in the swing states of Ohio and Florida, but she leads in those states as well. A new report shows Clinton is outspending Trump when it comes to advertising by a 17-to-1 margin. That could change soon with the Trump campaign launching new ads this week and up to Election Day. Up till now, his campaign has relied on free advertising through the news media at a high-profile social media presence. Still, even with the new ads from Trump, Clinton is on track still to outspend him, even if that ratio is now down to 6-to-1. Some of Donald Trump's more colorful supporters took him seriously when he said the election this fall could be rigged, and he called on them to challenge at the polls voters they suspect of being ineligible. Trump claimed that in parts of Pennsylvania, people are allowed to vote more than once. There is no evidence to back up that claim. But in Florida, one Trump supporter posted a photo on Twitter featuring a pickup truck with a cage in the back and the words, Florida, we're going to landslide Trump, wearing red at the polls, We're going to be watching for shenanigans and haul you away. Trump's people will not be the only ones watching this November. Now a band of over 200 civil rights groups in this country has called on an international group, the OSCE, to keep an eye on this election as it does in less developed countries. The coalition is asking the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe to beef up its monitoring of the November election here, especially in states that will be turning away voters under the new so-called voter ID laws. The civil rights groups say this election also bears watching in light of last year's Supreme Court ruling that virtually gutted the Voting Rights Act. And the Justice Department announced last month it'll be sending out fewer election monitors this year. The OSCE has watched over American presidential elections three times before, but This time, it's agreed to send in 10 times as many monitors, 500 in all. On November 9th, the world will be watching. American juries just aren't handing out death sentences the way they once did. 20 years ago, our juries ordered the executions of 315 people in a year. Last year, it was 49 people. The number's fallen 50% just in the past seven years. And although 31 states still have the option of capital punishment, only 14 of them used it last year. And the most death sentences these days come from just 16 counties, four in Florida, two each in Texas and Alabama, one each in Arizona, Louisiana, Nevada, and five counties in Southern California. But Alabama and Florida also have laws that allow juries to issue a death sentence with only 10 of the 12 votes. A new study by the Harvard Law School's Fair Punishment Project says, quote, across the country, the death penalty is on life support. Now in its fourth year with over three million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. Are you hearing good? 
I don't mean are you hearing well. I mean what you're hearing. Is it good, as in audio quality? The quality of your earbuds and headphones make a big difference in what you hear and what you don't. Having the right earbuds is good for your ears, and Tweaked Audio has the right earbuds. Headphones and earbuds from tweakedaudio.com are engineered to block outside noise, so you can really hear what you're listening to and really listen to what you're hearing. And the quality is impressive, so are the price and the selection and the lifetime warranty and the free worldwide shipping. Hear me and your favorite music good with earbuds and headphones from tweakedaudio.com. And if you use the code BBNC when you check out, you save an extra one-third off the already low prices. And you help sustain this free daily newscast. That's BBNC when you check out at tweakedaudio.com. It costs less than $3 to make an EpiPen. That's a plastic injector that contains the drug epinephrine. Around for 25 years, it's been saving lives by keeping people with allergies from going into anaphylactic shock. Anyway, it's a little over $2 to make the pen, and that's counting the 52 cents worth of epinephrine inside. Parents with allergic children like to keep extras around in different locations, so it'll always be ready for allergic reactions. Parents with several allergic children require even more EpiPens when they can afford it. And lately they cannot because this life-saving device has gone up in price from $57 nine years ago to $100 a pen last year. Now it's $500. The parents of allergic children, of which there are millions, started speaking up. The news media started reporting on it. Suddenly Medicaid was also having to pay the higher price. And now Washington lawmakers from both parties are outraged. As it turns out, the price of EpiPen started going up right after Merck Pharmaceuticals sold the rights to a company called Mylan. Vermont's Democratic Senator Bernie Sanders says the only explanation for Mylan raising the price is that the company values profits more than the lives of millions of Americans. Iowa Republican Chuck Grassley wrote Mylan a sternly worded letter asking it to explain the price hike. One senator wrote Mylan to demand it lower the price, while another asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate. There's talk of a Senate investigation as well. This is not a simple issue. Mylan says people are paying more for EpiPens because their insurance companies now have higher deductibles. Another problem may be the lack of any real competition for the EpiPen that Mylan sells. The only alternative that remains isn't covered by insurance, so doctors rarely prescribe it. And there's a danger. Some parents are buying now their own needles and syringes and epinephrine and trying to administer the drug without medical training. A misstep could have devastating results, especially if the drug were to be injected accidentally directly into a vein. In the meantime, the drug company Mylan recommends customers use their EpiPen savings card to get six free pens or to look into its patient assistance program. And it's not just EpiPens. A new study at Harvard Medical School shows that price increases on prescription drugs in the U.S. far outpace increases in other countries. And the prices were already higher in the U.S. since it's one of the few countries that doesn't negotiate drug prices. This country spends more than twice as much money on prescriptions than 19 other industrialized nations. And that drives up health care costs here since prescriptions make up about 17% of that market. Drug companies have attempted to justify the high prices by claiming the extra money is used to pay for the research that brought that drug to market. That doesn't ring true since those drugs were often developed with taxpayer money through the National Institutes of Health and other government agencies. 
The Harvard study says the U.S. government is mostly to blame for protecting monopolies on certain drugs, for not negotiating the cost, and for allowing the pharmaceutical companies to collect tax dollars and raise prices at the same time. Congress could change all that and might, were it not for the campaign donations it gets from big pharmaceutical companies. More than half of Americans have a dim view of the federal government, of health care, and pharmaceuticals. Nearly that many hate lawyers and the oil and gas industry. The Gallup poll measures our views of various industries every year, and the federal government once again ranks dead last, with fewer than one in three of us thinking it does a good job. There are things we like. We like our restaurants and we like our computers. Those are our two favorite industries. Also scoring high, farming, accounting, the travel industry, the Internet, the car industry, retail, and real estate. They all made the top ten. It wasn't just Roger Ailes allegedly engaged in sexual harassment at Fox News, according to yet another former anchorwoman. Former Fox employee Andrea Tantaros is now suing the network, claiming its executives punished her for complaining about Ailes' advances. And she says other men at Fox did it too, including Bill O'Reilly. Tenteros is the second former anchor after Gretchen Carlson to make such a claim, and Tenteros' lawyer claims Fox offered her a seven-figure payment if she would retract her claims about Ailes, O'Reilly, and others. Her lawsuit describes the Fox newsroom as masquerading as, quote, a defender of traditional family values, but operates like a sex-fueled playboy mansion-like cult, steeped in intimidation, indecency, and misogyny. Ailes resigned because of the scandal and now advises Donald Trump. Fox says Tanteros concocted her accusations to get leverage in a contract dispute with the network. Actor Stephen Hill, who played District Attorney Adam Schiff on TV's Law & Order, has died at the age of 94. He also starred in the first season of Mission Impossible in the role eventually made famous by Peter Graves. No explanation why Hill was ever replaced. One attempt by McDonald's to reverse its unhealthy image has backfired. The fast food chain is now recalling the fitness tracker wristbands that it's included in Happy Meals and Mighty Kids Meals recently. That recall is on at every McDonald's in the U.S. and Canada now that more than 70 people have had skin reactions to the rubbery wristband. At least seven children got blisters. McDonald's had purchased 33 million of the fitness bands from China. It's now taking them back and offering a replacement toy or a healthy choice of apple slices or yogurt. And finally, your dermatologist is not amused. Using tan god actor George Hamilton as its Colonel Sanders, KFC this week gave away 3,000 cans of sunscreen spray labeled Extra Crispy. The online promotion did remind its audience that it's really sunscreen, not meant to be consumed in any way, no matter how delicious it smells. This is not like the edible chicken-flavored nail polish KFC's selling in South Korea. Quoting KFC's marketing guy, suntan lotion always smells like suntan lotion, so we thought, why not make it smell like fried chicken? Of course they did. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening, and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at BuzzBurbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and comments. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.